Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. Is there another thing that comes up commonly that you're seeing as patterns in these people by any chance? Yeah, actually, one of the big ones is um, liver health and like detoxification. And I bring this up all the time. Um, I talk about this with every one of my clients and they're like, I don't understand. Why are we talking about this? This has nothing to do with my thyroid. I'm like, oh, but it does because um, over 60% of your thyroid hormone conversion from inactive T4 to active T3 happens in your liver. Hey, what's going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, our guest today was featured twice on our clubhouse, which if you are not on yet, you need to get on it. They just updated it so Android users can finally use it. I know that's in the USA. I believe they're starting to spread to other countries as well. So check it out to see if it's available where you are. And Clubhouse is a live only app. Okay. So once it's done, it's done. You cannot get a recording of that audio. But even though that's a little annoying, the advantage there is we have the founder of FDN on every single week and we have guests like Angela who you can actually ask your questions to. This app is something that's rapidly growing and so the FDN club is rapidly growing. So you wanna get on now so you actually have a chance to ask your questions before this thing gets overly saturated. Now, a little bit about Angela. She's a holistic health coach from St. Louis, Missouri. She is a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a licensed physical therapist, as well as a personal trainer. She specializes in advanced testing and thyroid healing for women, and she's recovered from hypothyroidism herself after being diagnosed at the age of 22. She used her experience and education to create her program called the Sexy Thyroid Solution. How appealing does that sound, right? To help women no longer suffer like she did and get to the root cause of their health issues. She was a wonderful guest. She totally brings the energy and definitely give her a follow on Instagram. Uh, That'll be in the show notes. She's got the best reels ever always posting awesome content. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, there we go. I will probably edit this out, but uh, hey, Angela, thanks so much for being here with us tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We just had the oddest little loading uh, phase for this podcast. It just kept, it did a three, two, one countdown and then just kept going. So I'm glad we got on and it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, But I'm really excited to talk to you today. You're the first, as far as I know, unless someone didn't mention this, a physical therapist that we've had on the podcast. And I always, I love PTs. I abuse the heck out of my insurance with this. Like any little thing, I I have copay free in uh, physical therapy sessions. I'm very lucky. So I'll figure out, like, I got a little knee pain, I get the ortho to sign off on it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you go to a physical therapist, they do so much more for you than just your main problem. They're like, hey, do you know your hips and posture suck too? And (laughs) so they fix all these things up for me every time I go. Um, And I always consider that a type of professional who seems to be a little more functional minded, right? Like we do look at the whole body. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And that's, that's exactly what led me into FDN was I was like, man, I, I like the whole body picture. Cool. We have very good combination, and especially the personal training thing, too. I mean, it's kind of a one-stop shop. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's start off just like we do with anyone else on this podcast. I want to hear some of your health story. And what I like to do is just we can get as much background on that as you'd like. But I, I'd always love to know like when these things started. Because for some people, as a kid, they might have already had uh, constant ear infections or things that were happening that were indicative of what was to come in the future. So just take us back to when the first symptoms started and then how that kind of progressed over time. Sure. So I, um, I actually started having symptoms, um, 
kind of later in high school. And then um, I went into college. I went into the physical therapy program. And during college was when the symptoms really came on pretty strong. Um, And I just kept thinking it's just, I'm just stressed out because the PT program was pretty difficult. Um, I had a lot on my plate. Um, I was carrying a lot of hours and kind of crammed um, a master's program into four years. Um, so it was, um, a lot of intense work. So I was extremely exhausted. Um, I was packing weight on like nobody's business and I wasn't eating that much. Um, so I couldn't say it was like the college 15. I wasn't, I wasn't hardly eating cause I didn't have time. Um, but I was just, um, super tired and my hair started falling out and, um, the anxiety was getting through the roof. And again, I just kept thinking, this is just my college days. This is just because this PT program is so hard, but it kept getting worse and worse. And then, um, I graduated, um, I was kind of in and out of doctors by the way, and I wasn't really getting anywhere with doctors. And then I graduated from college, started working, um, as a physical therapist and, um, it, it just kept getting worse. So working in, um, uh, an area where I was around doctors a lot, you know, I started talking to even like orthopedic doctors, um, and just said, you know, Hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, a lot of them insisted like, you need to, you need to really find a doctor that's going to do a full thyroid panel on you. Cause it sounds like that too. And, um, I just couldn't find doctors that would run a full panel. They would just check TSH. Well, I finally, um, did get, uh, a diagnosis of hypothyroidism when I was 22, um, because my TSH, I don't even want to admit it, but my TSH was 24, um, which I didn't even know it could get that high. Um, it, that's extremely high, by the way. So I was like, uh, okay, so what are you going to do? And they threw me on Synthroid medication, um, and I actually got worse. Um, months went on, and I was putting more weight on. I was getting even more tired, struggling to keep up with my job, which by the way, was brand new. I was fresh out of college. So I was like, I have to be spot on here. This is not enjoyable for me. Um, and it was a very long and arduous journey of over 10 years of in and out of doctors, um, not getting really any help. It did not, it, I, I did not get a full thyroid panel until an eighth doctor. I went through seven other doctors. Wow to finally get a full thyroid panel. Most of them didn't even know when I would tell them like, okay, I've done the research. So I actually need to have T3 check. I need to have this check. And they, some of them didn't even know what I was talking about, um, which was really disappointing, obviously. So by the time I had got to that eighth doctor, it was actually a functional medicine doctor. Um, and they said, yeah, you actually, um, need to have this full thyroid panel done. And then they were like, your medicine's not even working. I'm like, shocker, because I've been saying this for, you know, a while now, years, and and no one really wanted to help me with that. So once I started um, working with a functional medicine doctor, um, you know, she really was like, there's, I think there's probably some underlying things here. So she helped me to an extent, but I still felt like, mm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not totally convinced that I, everything's been uncovered here because the medicine would work for a little while and then it wouldn't. And then, um, other symptoms would start creeping in, um, particularly around, um, exhaustion. Um, I, but the brain fog was just through the roof and I thought, man, there's, there's something we're being, we're missing here. So I actually started to look into where I live here. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. And I was like, what, 
is there a practitioner in here um, that maybe isn't necessarily a doctor, um, but I can find that is in the functional realm? And at that time, I never even heard of um, FDM. Well, I fell upon a podcast by Sean Croxton where Reed was on it. And that's why I was like, huh, well, this is sort of interesting. This is actually what I'm looking for. There's got to be one of these FDNs here in St. Louis. And at that time, there was only one. Um, so I hooked up with her and we started doing testing and she's like, oh my gosh, we have all these things going on. And then that's when I asked her, I'm like, all right, how do we get certified in this? Because this is my jam. This is totally right up my alley. Um, I'm already, you know, in this health, you know, wellness world, um, practicing as a physical therapist, but I really started seeing so many other, um, patients of mine at the time that were going through all these other health things. And the doctors were like, here's another prescription. Let's just put a bandaid on it. Um, and not going to like root cause stuff. And that made me crazy. So yeah, that culmination is what led me to go. I want to get into this, this functional world, um, uh, of healthcare. And I'm going to, first of all, get myself better with my thyroid and figure it all out myself because, um, I just couldn't get, like I said, I couldn't get the doctors to do it for me. And then, um, I knew that I could help other people in this same scenario. This is great. There's so many uh, awesome things to hit on there. And one thing I want to start with is just, it is remarkable to me and impressive when someone like you, you just said it, I'm going to figure this out myself. <laughs> as much as I commend that and think that's amazing, the fact that you had to do that is awful. And and, and it's just unacceptable. You know, that's not really a healthcare system then, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have these rare people in FDN that are just, they're never going to take no for an answer. They have unbelievable resiliency over many, many years to keep going and keep going. Mm -hmm. And again, I admire it, but I don't think anyone should have to do that. And clearly neither do you. Otherwise you wouldn't be in the space. Right. Uh, space. So rewinding a little bit, mm -hmm. something that's really important to me is to always like get the thoughts of people when they're going through these experiences mm -hmm. to help validate a lot of our listeners. So when this is going on in college, and I mean, is, is it correct to say that this was maybe some of the first health symptoms you really ever had that were like, regular. Okay. Yeah. What's going through your head? Like, are you attributing this to, oh, this is the college lifestyle or like where, what was the rhyme or reason that you thought this was maybe happening? Yeah. And, and during the college days, I literally did. I just thought this is just because I'm in college and I'm, you know, studying, I'm staying up late and I'm studying. And I, you know, in the physical therapy program, I didn't really have time to do the partying life that a lot of people do in college. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm not partying. I'm not staying up drinking till the wee hours of the morning. And I actually was eating fairly good and taking care of myself because I was like determined that I was going to do good in this PT program. And it was so intense. I was like, this is not normal. This is like, I, I don't know where this is coming from, but I thought, well, again, it's just because I'm, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Um, but I got into a really, really big depression over it. Um, okay. pretty, pretty bad. Um, and to the point that I was like, man, do I, should I even continue on in college? Because I, this is hard. This is really, really hard to keep my focus with college, um, and handle, all my symptoms that I was having and were unexplained and nobody, you know, could give me answers for it. This is so important. And I appreciate it because like so many people are probably walking around, especially in college, thinking that, yes, this mm -hmm. is just a result of partying right. or whatever. And that's not even obviously the case for you. And certainly if we stay up late many nights a week and drink a lot of alcohol. Yes, of course, you can just feel crappy from that. But there is a difference here. And as someone in his mid 20s, and who talks about this stuff publicly, I cannot tell you, Angela, how many people 
I see that are now 24 through 28 year old women that were like friends or acquaintances right. in high school that are now coming to me either with diagnoses or they can't get a diagnosis. Right, right. And I mean, the, the college was the last thing we ate like crap our whole lives as kids. We were on the screens. We did all this stuff. College, forget about it. That was already super stressful on the body before the modern world. (laughs) So as you're going through all these different doctors, this is another thing I really like to focus in on because I just want to know how we can get people to understand that maybe they should look at the functional side quicker. You you did go to this functional doctor eventually, what did you say, seven or eight doctors in that finally ran this um, thyroid panel. How do you end up at a functional doctor though? Was there a family influence or friend influence saying, hey, have you tried this type of thing? Like, Where does that come from making the leap from conventional to what, let's be honest, many people, even in today's world, might look at as like woo-woo or quackery. Like, How do you make that jump? You know, actually it was me like just researching. Um, I was doing a lot of reading and researching on um, hypothyroidism and, you know, is there a different approach um, than conventional medicine? At that time, I didn't even know really what functional medicine was. And I started seeing, well, there is some functional medicine. Um, Let's read more about that. And then I started learning more about it. And then it was kind of ironic because I started reading so much about it. And then I happened to be talking to a friend of mine who said, Oh yeah, my mom started going to, um, a functional medicine doctor because she's having thyroid issues too. And I thought, who's the doctor? I want to know who this doctor is. Um, so that's, that's actually who I ended up making the appointment with, um, because it was of of that conversation. And then obviously me having done reading about it and I just started talking to my friend about it and she's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know what that means. (laughs) Um, my mom does that. I was like, well, I need to know more about this. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. And um, Angela was just on the FDN Clubhouse, which is every Monday at 3 p.m. EST, 12 p.m. PST. And I had mentioned to her, you know, my mom dealt with thyroid issues and perhaps even, I mean, all autoimmune conditions, in my mm-hmm. opinion, get kind of screwed by conventional yeah. medicine, unfortunately, totally. yeah. um, if they can even figure out that it's an autoimmune disease. And, you know, she had Graves, which is that less commonly known um autoimmune disease of the thyroid. And it was just the saddest thing seeing for years, this get labeled as this mental health condition or this physical health issue. So it takes forever just to get the dang diagnosis. Um, Before we move forward, I got to ask, and this is a tough question just so the audience knows, because I still haven't figured it out. Do you have a way that you are getting maybe clients that you work with who are also working with a doctor to run a damn full thyroid panel? Because I've had clients go in with a list that I provided for them Mm -hmm. and the doctor still didn't run it. So I'm losing my mind out here. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Um, I do always prefer them to obviously work with their doctor if their doctor will run the panel. Um, For one, insurance will usually cover it. Um, But it is good to have a doctor on board. For one reason, what if they need, if if they do need thyroid medication, the doctor can prescribe it. The tricky part with it is, unfortunately, a lot of doctors won't run it. Um, And part of the reason that they don't run those is because they they only know how to diagnose or treat from TSH. That's the comp, the hallmark thing for them to check. So when you start saying, hey, you need to check these other things, they won't do it because they're like, well, we don't know what to do with those numbers anyways. We don't know how to prescribe medicine from that. We only prescribe from TSH, which is usually going to end up being something like levothyroxine or um, Synthroid, which is T4 only. Um, so what I end up doing in that scenario where someone's like, okay, well, my doctor won't run it. What do I do? Do I just throw my hands up in there? Um, I use, um, at home test kits where they have to pay out of pocket for it. They're actually not that expensive. It's not much more than paying their copays. Um, and they can do an at home test kit, which is a finger prick test. Um, let's get checked has one. 
Paloma Health has one. Um, the Paloma Health actually now just added reverse T3. Let's get checked. Does not have reverse T3. Yes, they're supposed to be. Um, but that gives me a really, really much better picture. And it's a great place to start because then I actually have had clients where I'm like, all right, we got your report. Look at your results. They are not good. Take that to your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes the doctors will get on board. Sometimes they won't. Now, I work with a ton of women where even if they have a train wreck of a test result panel come back, um, we can still work on all the things that we can address without medication. I don't want people to have to rely on the medication. Sometimes they do. Um, but I, at least I still want that picture to be like, wh- how severe is this? What are we dealing with here? Um, you know, is there a thyroid hormone conversion issue? Do you have antibodies present? Because if there's antibodies, that's Hashimoto's or Graves. Um, that's a very different ball game when you're dealing with an autoimmune than someone who just has a slow thyroid because they have a slow thyroid. So mm-hmm. you attack it so differently. So I'm like, you have, we have to know, do you have antibodies present? I, it's going to be a very different, uh, ball game with, you know, how far we get into with, uh, being uh, neurotic about your food and all that stuff. It's going to be very different. So is it a challenge? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get doctors to order that. And if they can't, and it's they're you know, at their wits end and they're like, my doctor will not do it. Then I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to do it at home kit and then we're going to go from there. Well, I think that's really empowering for people nonetheless, because I'm always shocked. And we forget, you know, we're in our bubble of our functional world. There are so many people that don't know. You don't even need us. You can order blood tests for yourself 100% legally through these private labs. And typically, they're really cheap, actually. You know, they're great prices. Um, Quests, they do it now. Like, you can do all of them. Um, If someone doesn't want to have to go get their blood drawn, then I just do the at-home kit if they want to do go to a lab and or they can order them themselves. That's what's so amazing. Yeah. I think I there's a full uh, you know thyroid panel blood test on like Ulta Labs for yeah, 124 bucks. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I think I could speak for both of us having seen this with my mom when I say that extra let's say someone's copays all the $40, right? You know, the extra 84 that you're going to spend on that blood test, I, I think you would have spent that happily years before to get that information, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean it, I would have done that years ago if we had that option. Um, mm-hmm. I would have been very happy doing that. Yeah, no brainer. So um, I love that we're at least empowering people and always giving them a hopeful message. And that right there, just knowing that they can get this stuff for themselves is super helpful. And of course, you want someone like um, Angela or the FDN Thrive program to actually analyze this stuff, because that's really what I think we... I mean, we're great at the lifestyle stuff, but there's a real special thing about being able to actually analyze these tests and know what's going on. Exactly. Cool. So you eventually get to FDN. And I'm sorry if you said this part, but what was like the connection that led to FDN? It was Sean Croxton, I think you said, right? Yeah, I was listening to a Sean Croxton podcast and Reed was on it. Um, and then it literally at that same time, I was like already had been researching. Is there an, um, started doing, is there an F, uh, FDN here in St. Louis? And there was one. So I started working with her and then I was like, well, I listened to this podcast and it was pretty impressive. So I want to get certified too. <laughs> So cool. All right. So when you're going through the course, what are some, because uh, I always have to remind this for those listening that are maybe listening for the first time, when we go through the course of FDN and not the FDN Thrive program, you know, that's for the consumer really, Mm -hmm. but the course we're actually required as practitioners to do labs on ourselves, so that we are walking the walk. So Mm -hmm. Angela, when you're getting some of these lab results, what were you finding that was maybe like completely new information for you? Like awesome healing opportunities that no one had ever showed you before. Do you remember? 
Yeah. So the, um, at that time when I had done the, the first testing on myself was the, um, saliva test, looking at cortisol and all that stuff. And I had never, I mean, I sort of heard of cortisol before, but I didn't know that there was a rhythm, that there was a pattern that this, you know, your sleep could be off, that all these things were contributing and that stress was a huge factor and connected to, you know, how your thyroid was working. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, it was really eye opening when I got my, um, the panel back that was from the, the saliva test. Um, it was a, like almost depressing for me because I was like, okay, so I don't have any cortisol at all. Um, what did I do here? So it was definitely eye opening getting stuff, stuff like that back. And then, um, you know, I had, I was always studying something I felt like because I was in the PT world and we were always having to learn something and research and all that. Um, so when I got the test back, I'm like, all right, I'm diving in here. I need to learn this stuff. This is pretty cool stuff. And I hadn't heard of it. I didn't didn't know what is this? Yeah. It's like, it's this bittersweet thing because typically by the time you end up in the course, the the test results might be looking pretty interesting, but, um, all of us, you know, we, we have a love of learning and we, we are motivated people. Clearly we're going through the course. Right. And so, yes, it's like this one thing where like, man, I, I remember exactly what you just said. I hated seeing some of this stuff, but I'm like, Oh, wait a second. This is something to work on, and I can actually make progress here. And there's a there's a plan. Right. Um, so, what were some of the first things that you implemented? I don't know if it was direct teachings from FDN or just other things that really started to get the needle moving for you. Because I, I'm imagining when you're going through the course, I think just to connect this here, I mean, you're not really in the greatest place, right? Like I'm considering <laughs> what you were going through. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, the course is hard is yeah. what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. And you had probably had enough going on. So what were some of the first things that started moving the needle for you? Was it like supplements, diet? All of the above. The big thing was, uh, first of all, getting the right supplements. And I was willy nilly taking anything, you know, going on Dr. Google and literally just taking anything before I started FDN stuff. I was taking anything I could do to give myself my, my energy to lose weight. You were just taking everything. So I was like, okay, so these aren't supplements aren't working. So supplement change, taking the right things and getting off the stupid things that weren't working was a huge one. Um, and stress management was a really big one because I had no idea how to do that. Zero. Um, other than, you know, people just tell you, Oh, you need to de-stress, go on a vacation. Um, that didn't work for me. I needed like so much around stress management. Um, so that was a really big eye opener for me was how much stress I was creating myself that was unnecessary. Obviously there were things that I couldn't control, but I needed to control what I could. And so, um, doing some stress management, learning meditation, getting better sleep, stuff like that was a big one. And then, uh, eating, eating was a big one too. Cause I, um, stupidly, um, will be the first to admit that, you know, I had cut out gluten, dairy, I'd cut out all those things, but I like literally eliminated carbs like altogether. Um, and was pretty much eating zero carbs because I kept reading. That's what you have to do for your thyroid. Um, and that did not work for me that actually backfired on me. So I had to relearn, um, you know, not to eliminate the entire carb food group. Um, and that was a tough one for me, but, um, definitely made me feel better once I started doing it. 
Okay, and that's such a great point for people because I'm actually a huge pro- uh, proponent of getting ourselves when we're able to in a metabolic state mm-hmm. of ketosis often enough, but that does not mean I don't eat any carbs. Uh, we can do that many ways. You can do that through intermittent fasting. You can do right. that through extended fasts, you know? So I like to mix it up. Um, yep. I think we both agree that you should go into a state of ketosis every now and then, but that might not be the best, especially if someone has severe thyroid issues. Yep. I actually hear a lot of times that the right carbohydrates can be essential for these people right. to get support. Is that what you right. found too? Right. That's what I found for me for sure was um, it was like I had to find that happy medium. It wasn't like go all carbs. <laughs> um, I needed to still get into that ketosis time, but I couldn't just eliminate it. So I wasn't getting anything. It was just finding that fine line and happy medium with it. Okay, so obviously we talked about the course, and I know we have a ton of great things to talk to uh, talk about today with hypothyroidism, and I think this is a good time to get into it. Um, and this is we have people at all parts of their journey on the podcast, but I am curious: did you you had to take medication for your hypothyroidism at one point, correct? Correct. Yeah. Is yep. this still something that you need? Were you ever able to get off of it? How did that go? So I'm still on it, but it's mm-hmm. a minimal, minimal dose. So I went through a ton of different medications, um, that didn't work basically. And then, um, the functional medicine doctor that I um, am working with now finally, um, put me on compounded thyroid medication and because it's compounded and everything has gotten so much better with my thyroid. I mean, I'm barely taking anything. Um, in fact, I just got my blood checked, um, a couple weeks ago and just got my results back. And she's like, uh, I think we need to lower your dose again. We just keep lowering my dose because things are getting so much better. Um, but I was on a pretty ridiculous high dose, like four or five years ago, it was really high to, to just get things going and feel better. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not much of a dose at all anymore. Okay. This is something I hear very commonly, and I I really appreciate having such a realistic response because this shows people what's possible. You know, we're not in the business of getting people off medication. The reason I asked that question for those listening is because very often what we find is as people get healthier, almost always universally, they can lower the dose. Occasionally someone can even get off of it. And I mean, who knows if you're still having these kinds of conversations with your doctor where you're lowering the dose again and again, I mean, at some point, maybe that can happen. And even if it doesn't, it's wonderful that you got to where you're at because most people, they go the opposite way. They keep going up and up and they add medications. Right. right. And that was my goal. I did not want to keep increasing my dose and increasing my dose. And I wanted to get to the point where I may have to be on it, you know, for a very long time because I had, you know, 12, 15 years of not very good care, um, my thyroid. So, um, I might have to, but, and I'm okay with that because if that's what I have to do to keep everything status quo, I'm good with that. But I do, it is nice that the dose just keeps lowering and lowering. And, you know, I have clients that I work with where they're on a medication and eventually, you know, their doctor's like, your labs are really good. What are you doing? Because we (laughs) burn off your medicine. Um, and it's just nice to be able to, see that, you know, you don't have to rely on that. Some do. Um, but when you start doing all the things, man, it's, it's pretty cool to see what can happen with those thyroid labs. Exactly what I'm getting at. Neither way is totally cool in my book. It's just wonderful for people to know that this is even possible because plenty of people have been told that what you just said is not possible. Well, we hear it all the time. I mean, how many episodes do we need to put out for people to start understanding the body does want to be healthy, it wants to heal, and it's always doing the thing that it thinks it's best. Even when it produces those elevated antibodies to the thyroid, it thinks it's doing a good thing, right? Right, right, exactly. And that's that's exactly what what you just said. It's good for people to know that, you know, 
I, a lot of the women that come to me, they're like, oh, my doctor said I'm going to be on thyroid medication forever. And I just want to roll my eyes. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's no, that, I mean, I don't, you, it should not be the case that they should not tell you that that should not be the case. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So one of the things that we talked about on Clubhouse when you were our guest on there, you were adamant on, hey, let's get gluten out of the diet. I believe that you had kind of had a similar feeling around dairy, but I know gluten was the big one. Yeah. Can we dive into why this is an essential thing or things maybe to be removing from the diet for people with these uh, a type of condition like a Hashimoto's or really yeah. autoimmunity probably? Yeah. So gluten, um, it's never a subject I like to talk about with my clients, um, in the beginning because they're like, Oh man, you're going to make me cut gluten out. Um, but it is pretty essential. Um, when you struggle with hypothyroidism, whether it's, um, whether you have Hashimoto's or not, I do recommend take it out. If you have Hashimoto's it's like, and I always say it's my non-negotiable, you have to cut it out. Um, gluten and it's because of something called molecular, molecular mimicry. Um, when you have Hashimoto's, um, you're getting an autoimmune response. That's the antibodies that you're getting checked on your blood draw. Um, there's an autoimmune response. Your body literally is attacking your thyroid because it thinks it's an invader. It's not supposed to be there. Well, gluten can make the body do the exact same thing. It will attack the thyroid even harder um, because of molecular mimicry. It is like that same response that you're getting when um, the, the thyroid is being attacked by, its, by your own body. Gluten does the same thing. So if you keep putting gluten in and you're consuming it all the time, your body is going to attack your thyroid harder. So I always say you have to cut it out. It's got to, it's got to be out. Um, I per personally prefer anyone with hypothyroidism, even without antibodies to get it out because we don't need to run that risk. Um, but if you have antibodies present, it is definitely a non-negotiable. It has to go. Um, the other thing that I always like to bring up is I do have, People that say, well, I cut it out for three weeks and I didn't feel any different. Um, it takes a lot longer. Um, it's unfortunate. Some people do notice a difference within a couple weeks, but I have so many clients that it's months and months go by before they really notice a difference with cutting gluten out. And the big reason is it didn't happen overnight that it got there. Your body did not just overnight decide to start attacking your thyroid. It doesn't happen like that. So it's going to take a while for your body to, to kind of undo that pattern where you cut the gluten out. Um, it takes a while to work and I, Oh, it's not easy to be patient with it, but you really have to stick it out. This is so good for people to know, because I think the gluten thing is something that's thrown around in the functional space. Right. And I, I was about it. I'm like, when I first heard this, I didn't really need a ton of information. I'm like, okay, this makes sense to me. If nothing else, just the fact that most of it is completely doused in glyphosate that, that, that made sense. I hate Monsanto. I'm like, no problem. Um, don't sue us, please. And so <laughs> come after me, not FDM. Right. But that, that was enough for me to remove this thing. But when I started learning that the immune response that happens in these people that are reacting immunologically to gluten, I mean, it can last months. Is that correct from one single dose? Yeah. So that's I say dose like it's a medication. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? I say it like that too sometimes. Um, <laughs> that is actually that that's what's tough about gluten is. Um, it can, the exposure to gluten, I, I say exposure to the exposure to gluten, it can last for months and months for some, I've had people where it could last for six months. I am one of those people that I am extremely sensitive to gluten. And if I have gluten, um, whether I know it or not, I will, I will have a reaction to it. I feel 
terrible. My stomach is horrible. Um, I'll have a little bit of a, a, a flare up with like inflammation and stuff like that. It'll last, it can, it could last for me. It could last almost a month. Um, so, and I don't have Hashimoto's. I have straight hypothyroidism. I don't have antibodies present and that's my kind of reaction. So I, that's why with like, especially with Hashimoto's, I'm like it, it, that you may not necessarily feel it even. That's the other part that's tricky with it. Is so I'm like, oh, I eat gluten. I don't feel anything. I'm like, mm, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, there can be <laughs> things that you just don't know about. And it's hard to measure that. You can't really measure that. Um, so that's why I always tell people, just cut it out. You have to get it out because to physically say, well, I don't feel any different when I took it out or I don't feel any different when I have it. I feel fine when I have it. I'm like, hmm. But you wouldn't be talking to me if you felt fine with it. So exactly. <laughs> I remember about it was almost four years ago to the day. It's probably like August of 2017. It was this profound to me, just like an aha moment. I was doing this, Angela, where I was so proud of myself because I knew I was gluten sensitive. I had that confirmed on testing. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. Like, no problem. I can remove this. I'm motivated. I feel bad. Not an issue. Let's do it. And so I said, all right, well, you know what? It's totally okay to cheat like four times a year. I'm not an extremist like that. So I'm like, I doesn't matter at all. And almost religiously, I would eat something like fast food or whatever every three months. Mm -hmm. And I was down at the shore and I was like, you know, beach stuff, like just having fun family vacation. And I'm reading Dr. Tom O'Brien's book, The Autoimmune (laughs) Fix. And I had just done one of my quarterly gluten consumption. (laughs) Yes. And I'm reading the book and it's like, yeah, what Angela just said is 100% accurate. The studies show that these people can react for three to six months after eating the littlest bit. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've been doing this for the last year. Like you say that, that's what I used to do. My husband and I would do it together. We'd be like, oh, it's going to be our quarterly. Let's pig out on pizza and gluten and all the things. And I was like, man, I don't think this is working for me anymore. And then when I started learning more about it, I'm like, that's probably why because <laughs> yes. it's last forever. Yeah. Um, we listen, none of us at FDN, I don't think, are people who want to be diet extremists or dogmatic, right. but there is one thing that if you're sensitive, you need to just, it's lifelong abstinence. Yeah. You're yeah. It's more beneficial and it's gluten. Yeah. Um, I, so. agree. No, I agree. Yeah. It'll hopefully only be a matter of time. I think more and more people, even the average person, when they remove this stuff, I've rarely, I think maybe one or two people ever said that they didn't feel anything off removing it. Like most of the people I know can feel it. So it's crazy guys. You just gotta, gotta do it. And if you're somehow not convinced, go back to like episode three or four with Whitney Morgan. I know you know her, Angela. Yeah. If she can't convince you in a podcast to not consume gluten ever again, you know, you're a lost cause. Because I was like, oh my goodness. Uh I agree with you. (laughs) All right. So today's really cool um, because, you know, we just obviously started talking and I saw on Instagram you doing like reels or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you just look healthy. You look good. You look vibrant. How long did that take? Because I know this is still a work in progress, obviously, if your numbers are going down. But how long did it take? from going through FDN to getting to the point where you feel like you're actually getting your life back and maybe you could do some of the things you wanted to do because I'm assuming personal training, physical therapist yeah. background, you're probably into fitness and a lot of people hate when they lose those things from their life. Yeah. So it, it was actually from the time that I started doing FDN stuff, it was probably within a year. Um, I was really like, whoa, I kind of feel like I'm getting energy back and I can, cause I got to the point I couldn't even work out and now I loved working out. So um, I got back into that. So within a year, I was pretty much like, okay, I'm, I am like able to work out. I'm doing all the things that I want to do. Um, I had lost a significant amount of weight. 
Um, that actually wasn't even a goal of mine. I knew I had to keep that, like get off the scale and not do that. I just needed to have my life back. So within a year, I was pretty much on my way with that. I had misspoken earlier when I, I think I had said that you dealt with Hashimoto's and you know what? It's just so common that hypothyroidism is yeah. also associated with Hashimoto's. You d- you've never received a diagnosis of Hashimoto's, I'm guessing. No, correct. I never. Um, now, who knows? I never got my antibodies tested for like 15 years. And then when they finally, or tw- it was 12 years at the time I did it. Um, so who knows if I ever did have them? I, I probably did not because I, the ones that I've had, I've never had um, antibodies knock on wood because like 90 something, 95% of people with hypothyroidism actually have Hashimoto's. Um, so I was the rarity to not have Hashimoto's. Fair enough. And that was actually my next point because it, the reason I made the assumption as a practitioner, like just almost lazily is because usually, yes, yeah, it's usually the case. Now, just, I know that we probably don't have the exact numbers on this, but I know a ton of people who have been told they have hypothyroidism, but not Hashimoto's. And yet here we are. Well, I'll put it this way. 95% of the people that have come to me saying that they have hypothyroidism diagnosed are not saying that they also have Hashimoto's. So I know that the numbers are off here. I mean, are we talking millions of people are walking around undiagnosed because of this improper testing? Yeah, I would say 100%. Oh my gosh, yeah, there's there's a ton of them. And it's sad that like a lot of the women that come to me when they start working with me, first of all, they've never had their antibodies checked and they never even know what the word Hashimoto's is. Um, they, mm-hmm. they have a slow thyroid and they were thrown on medication. So when I start talking about Hashimoto's and let's look at your antibodies, they're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. So yeah, there's, oh, I would say a large percentage are walking around because there, I mean, the, like I said, majority of them have it. I mean, the, the other thing to think about is like one women in eight will have some sort of slow thyroid diagnosis, um, in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number. And the majority of them are actually probably have thyroid antibodies, but don't know it. Wow. And so you said one in eight will receive the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So how many are running around with this and don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yep. Okay. This is easily a podcast that I feel like could go. <laughs> this could be two um, <laughs> just based on the questions I want to ask, but um, I got to keep going here, I guess. And one of the things I wanted to get from you because it's so clear uh, when I heard you on Clubhouse that you've really done your homework on this and continue to learn this stuff or mm-hmm. learn about this stuff. Mm-hmm. What's maybe something that you've seen in your practice that would surprise people in terms of like, a correlation. Like I've heard the gluten thing many times. I mean, you explained it much better uh, than most. And I think probably gave a ton of insight to people on why they really need to consider lifelong abstinence from gluten if they're sensitive. But is there another thing that comes up commonly that you're seeing as patterns in these people by any chance? Yeah, actually one of the big ones is um, liver health and like detoxification. And I bring this up all the time. Um, I talk about this with every one of my clients and they're like, I don't understand. Why are we talking about this? This has nothing to do with my thyroid. I'm like, oh, but it does because um, over 60% of your thyroid hormone conversion from inactive T4 to active T3 happens in your liver. So if your liver is bogged down, you are not getting thyroid hormone conversion to your active thyroid hormone. And that's why part of the reason why when we will, women get put on, and I was put on something like Synthroid, which is T4 only, it didn't work. And I actually felt worse um, because- most people with hypothyroidism can't convert to T3. You only make 20% T3, but you've got to convert it over. And if you have a thyroid hormone conversion issue, which again, most people do when they have hypothyroidism, that is not going to make you feel good. Well, the liver is where most of that thyroid hormone conversion happens. So if your liver is bogged down because you're 
using all these chemical products on your body, um, uh, cleaning products that have tons of chemicals, you know, you're exposed to all these um, toxins and things that probably you can minimize at least a little bit. Um, if you can, can focus on that a little bit, you're going to get better thyroid hormone conversion. And that's why when I start talking about it, they're like, what in the heck do I need to talk about my liver for? I'm like, oh, you're going to love me for this one. Because when we start talking about the thyroid hormone conversion, they're like, all right, tell me, what do I need to do? What do I need to swap out? They want all the lists. They want all the things. <laughs> because when I start talking about the fact that they can get more active thyroid hormone, they're like, what do I have to do? I will do anything. I will sw swap out. Um, and food is a factor too, because there's so much pesticides on food. So I'm like, you got we got to start thinking about are you eating foods that are organic? Are you eating foods that don't have pesticides and things like that? Because that is another thing that can bog it down. Okay, that could not have been a better answer to that question. I appreciate that because that's not even something that's really, you got to be at a certain level in the functional space or medicine to mm -hmm. actually even be learning about that. Yeah. That's never something that's brought to the consumer, especially yeah. with those actual practical action steps. Right, so, right. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Um, now, when did you decide that you wanted to do this as a career because, you know, I got a great friend who's a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys, that's a great job. You know, people love you. You're making great money. So you're doing this because you're passionate about it. So when did you make that decision? So when I, um, found the functional medicine doctor and started looking into all the things that are involved with functional medicine, I got really intrigued by it. And so I thought, you know, I'm, that's when I wanted to get certified in it. I still at that time was practicing physical therapy um, because I did really like it. I was getting a little burned out. It was difficult dealing with insurance companies and all that jazz. Um, so I was getting a little bit burned out, but I really wanted to get more into the functional medicine world. And um, it was basically after I had started working with that functional medicine doctor, I thought, man, this stuff's kind of cool. This is really interesting. And I, you know, I can see how people, can get to the root cause and I can see how you can dive deeper and get, you know, a whole body approach versus just slapping a bandaid on and taking a medication or something like that. Um, that's when I was like, I, I think I want to, I think I want to do this as like an actual career. Um, so I was doing physical therapy part-time. I was, um, started doing, um, the, the FDN stuff. And then, um, I was getting a little burned out with insurance companies. So I thought just <laughs> transition to all, um, FDN stuff. I'm really enjoying that. Really loved working with clients one-on-one. Um, -on -one. It was really fun to see the transformations they would make. Um, so that was pretty cool to see and not being dictated by an insurance company. Um, that was kind of my big driver. So um, like I said, I still have my physical therapy license. I, you know, if I need to, to use it and help someone out, um, I do. Um, I still have doctors that reach out to me that I worked with years ago when I worked in the sports medicine world. Um, so I, you know, I do that if they need, but, um, no, I'm, I'm pretty much doing FDN stuff now, um, with my thyroid peeps and I'm loving it. Very cool. So that's actually so many people, because you had graduated seven years ago at that time in FDN, I found that so many people were going through pretty much solely for their own yeah. health issues, but you yeah. already had this intention going in. Like I'm going to get my own health under control mm -hmm. even better and I'm going to probably pursue yeah. this. So that's, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, cool. 
with your clients that you've had over the last you know several years, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for quite a bit. Is there a particular client story or stories, it's up to you, that just really stick out as being huge successes? Because I think it's always important. Like It's wonderful to hear what we did as practitioners, but let's talk about a person that maybe isn't doing this as their passion or career. It's still attainable to get these results for them. So I, this is actually a, a really cool transformation that was more recent. Um, this um, woman had come to me, she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's um, probably like 15-ish, something like that years ago, and um, was taking medication, um, Synthroid, of course, but never, never had been told uh, anything about gluten, diet, that there was anything. She had been in in and out of doctor's offices um, as well, kind of like I had done, um, still not really getting anywhere with medication. And um, she had gone through a really bad divorce um, because she just could barely function. Um, Her symptoms were out of control and um, her and her husband split up and she was losing her job and all these things and was like, I, I was pretty much ready to give up. So I started working with her. And within the first month, she already had said, wow, I, I actually didn't have to take a nap for the first time in 15 years, um, which was huge for her because she was literally like three naps a day to just get through life. And so she's like, I didn't have to take a nap at all. Is, is this really real? I don't even believe it. So then the next day rolls around. She's like, I didn't take a nap again. How is this happening? Um, she just couldn't believe it. And um, about a month after that, so we're two months in. Um, she's like, I think I need to have my med- my medication lowered. My I'm getting heart palpitations. And I'm like, what? That's pretty quickly. So sure enough, we get our labs back and she, her thyroid had gotten better by 50%. That was only two months in. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she was obviously doing a happy dance. I was doing a happy dance for her. And, um, she, uh, after three months, then we're, we're now on four months. Um, but then, um, three months in, um, her medication, you know, they had dropped it down. Um, she is not taking a single nap. She's sleeping through the night. Her anxiety is completely gone. She's like, I actually, um, can work out again. I'm running again. She's like, I haven't ran in probably 10 years. Um, and she's like, I am interviewing for a job. I can actually work again. So she's super happy. And it's such a cool transformation to see, you know, not just that people can like get off medication, but it's just to get their lives back, what they love doing. And she's like, I'm, you know, spending more time doing things that I love. She's like, I just wouldn't do anything. I just laid around because I couldn't even get my head off the bed. So, um, it's, it's a cool thing to see when they not only can get their lives and function back, but you know, when they can start connecting the dots and seeing like, Oh, so, you know, if I do go back to these things, I'm probably going to go back to the way that I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, Getting your life back factor is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because we can talk about this here. Everyone in our audience could probably relate to this, but you know, it's, it's funny being like the person or maybe a couple people in your family that are just super into this stuff and and very disciplined with it. And you know what? It's not because we're crazy or it's even by choice necessarily, but when everything gets stripped away, when you lose your health, I mean, there's truth in that statement. You know, if you don't have health, you don't have anything like the money doesn't matter. If you feel like crap all the time, if you feel like hurt, it doesn't matter about any of it. I, and that's why, you know, I, I, when I love talking to these women, because they're like, what do I have to do? I will do anything. I just want to have my life back because I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Angela, if someone is totally relating to your story and they just want to work with someone who's been working with people who have done the thyroid thing for a while, where can they find you? So I am on um, Instagram. Um, I'm Angela Brown coach on Instagram. I'm also on um, Facebook. I have a Facebook page um, as Angela Brown thyroid coach. Um, And I have a website, AngelaBrown.org. Lots of um, information on there. I have some free guides on there as well. Um, that, uh, people are loving those too. They're, they're pretty fun. Give a lot of good, good information. One of them is actually the secret to reading your thyroid blood test. So it's, here's what you need to get ran for your blood panel. Here's why here's your reference ranges. Cause that's a whole nother discussion. Um, and they really are loving that one because I've had a lot of them. They literally print it off and take it to the doctor. I want all this. (laughs) So that's on there as well. Wow, that's a great thing to give away for people. I mean, that's awesome. You yeah. know, I love when people actually give away very useful things. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard something like that. I thought about it and I'm like, man, I wish I had this years ago. Darn it. This is a yes. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I definitely recommend, if nothing else, give Angela a follow on Instagram. Like I said, I just got connected with her on there and I'm loving that stuff. <laughs> all right. So our time is almost up and I have my final question for you. Yeah. And this is the signature question we ask always to finish up on the FDN Thrive podcast. Super Mm -hmm. simple, but I love getting different practitioners' perspectives. And the question is this. If Angela had a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's you're getting them to do something or getting them not to do something, what's that one thing you'd get them to do? Oh, it would probably be anything to do stress management. I mean, stress is such a huge thing. And so I, my, my always thing goes always, you've got to do something for yourself. So self-management, self-care and stress management, it's self-care is so important. And that, to me, that's part of stress management. Everyone needs to be doing that. It seems to be a universal principle that the longer someone has been doing this work, the simpler their answer is to that final question. And I think that just goes to show that all of the fancy labs and all the fancy supplements, they are great, they are wonderful, but true healing does come from the basics. And if we had mastered the basics as a society, we probably wouldn't be in the mess that we're in right now. (laughs) I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and you've been listening to Angela Brown. If you're ready to get your health journey started, you guys know where to find us, fdnthrive.com. We are literally waiting for you if you feel like you're ready to do this. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.